The brain is absolutely ridiculous and one of the least understood aspects of the natural kingdom. We don't even understand how the brain of a worm works, so how on earth are we meant to comprehend our own evolved grey matter? Psychology has only been officially studied for 130 years and we're still making huge discoveries every year. My mum's a psychologist, so I grew up hearing about all this stuff and really took for granted some of the things I'd learned. So like any responsible millennial, I decided to start a podcast about it and share the sweet, sweet gift of therapy. I'm sat on the couch with my mum, Sandy. She's a psychologist with over 20 years experience studying and treating clients. Hi, mum. Hi, Adam. We're going to release a new episode each week talking about a different aspect of mental health and therapy, and hopefully some of you will find it useful. All our episodes are on YouTube if you want to watch us actually sit on our couch in front of the fire. Uh, the link will be on our Instagram bio at on the sofa pod. Give us a follow if you like the podcast. Rate us five stars on iTunes because it really helped us out. Uh, and yeah, this week we're talking about... Therapy shopping. Therapy shopping. Last week we discussed the differences between different kinds of therapists. And this week we thought we'd talk about how to find one. Like, you're like, oh, maybe therapy is right for me. How on earth do you start looking for a therapist? So, good question. So we've already covered... Um, in the beginning uh, how, what you need so you've already done that part you've already worked out what you think you need mm. and now you've got to find the right person so we're going to go in a little bit closer um, to knowing what type of therapist might be best for you um, have you decided is it a male that mm. you want to work with or a female and why mm-hmm. so that's that slims it down a little bit more so now it's time to Google. Right. Or whatever you use. So once you've found a few possible therapists... But what would you even type into Google? Where do you start? <clears throat> well, let's say that Joseph has... Pretend name. Has um, realised that he needs to deal with anger management. It's not a new thing. He remembers having it at school. He's now 35 and he wants to understand why he's like that and how to manage it. So if it's the why that we're looking at, looking at somebody that's a bit deeper, so psychology. They've already recognised that they have this. Um, we, we don't think he needs medicine, but we're not sure. Um, and... So he kind of knows where to go, really, because of the work he did from the beginning, the first podcast, hopefully. Right. Yeah. So it's like working it out like that, isn't it? I need something that goes back in history about me, which is psychodynamic. Mm. Um, and I also need to know how to manage it. Now, the counsellor would probably do the management side. But not necessarily go back. And but not necessarily out. go back. What would Joseph type into Google, though? So, yeah, uh, good question. So, um, if it was just new anger, you just put anger management therapy. Mm-hmm. Or depression therapy. or yeah. yeah. Or if it's like we've just said about Joe, Joseph, you'd probably put something like um, long-term anger. Right. So, just being specific with your symptoms. Because I think probably the most common thing is like therapy London. Mm. therapy Stafford or whatever Mm. yeah so just give it a little bit of thought is it long term is it has it just started recently so do those things that we talked about in the first episode and try and like do a little bit of self-awareness work first and that will really help you find the right person Uh, what about counseling directory is that a a big resource yeah that's good 
Yeah, it's quite very popular. So cancer actually it's like Google for therapists. <coughs> yeah, there there are there are lots of good sites. Psychology Today is very good. They're all and they've all all the therapists on there have been checked out by the sites. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a good place to start. Um, so things to check out with any of the professionals qualifications now this bit's really important and you might need a pen and paper but it is is important so be aware that there are different credits to different qualifications so again you're looking on the website you've done your homework on yourself you're looking on the website and you see one therapist has got pg dips so postgraduate diploma yeah got you You'll see a lot of this. That takes two terms to complete with modules worth 120 credits. So worth two-thirds of a master's degree. Okay. Then you've got um, PG certs, so postgraduate certificates. Just take just one term um, and worth 60 credits. So one third of a master's. Masters take on year one year full time and are worth 180 credits. So that would just be, what would that be letters after now? What would what? So you've got PG dips, PG cert, and then would it just be masters? Well, no. I mean, people might want to do a, a different type of degree. Okay. And you know. But just check out how many credits there. How many credits? Can you remember how many credits you got for your undergraduate degree? My degree was an absolute joke, I'm afraid, so I have no idea. But you will have got credits. Yes, 100%. I don't know. I haven't. It's just interesting to... Because, again, a lot of people don't know this. Well, no, because you just see, like, oh, they, they've got, like... PG. PG, their letters after their name, and that looks professional to me. and Yeah, absolutely. So, um, find out what they mean. Yeah, okay. And actually, like, look into the t- training with that therapist. Don't do a bit of detective work. Um, do they have experience in the issues that you're presenting with? Well, you should already know this now, because you know what you're presenting with. So, you're. Uh, it's almost like um, when you're doing a degree, they call it the funnel effect when you're doing your dissertation, for example. And this is very similar. So you've got, it's this big at the top Mm. and you're funneling down now to find out what's best for you. Great, that would have been great for the people on YouTube. Make sure you go to YouTube, watch this podcast Uh. (laughs) on on the sofa pod. (laughs) Great arm actions. Um, (laughs) Um, How long have they been practicing for? Okay, just work experience. Work experience? No, as in like, if they've been practicing for 10 years, they've got a lot more work experience than someone who's been practicing for one year. Yeah. Do they um, have sound knowledge about their work when you're talking to them on the phone? Do they have a waiting list? What do their premises look like? And are they local to you? Mm-hmm. Particularly if you're doing face-to-face. But most people now have pictures of their clinic, which is quite useful, particularly if a client is anxious, I would say to them, go onto the website check out the videos so you can see what we do check out the podcast that yeah. we did on last, last year. year 
um, look at the room that's the room you'll be going into it's like a little bit like exposure just so they're comfortable in the space and who th they can see who they're working with i mean it might not be me it might be s somebody else also um it's worth saying that i always thought and a few of my friends who are now see therapy on zoom obviously because the pandemic mm. before starting zoom sessions were really not looking forward to it and said that they were um, I think I'm much prefer in person. I'm not sure this is right for me. Mm. And after doing them, have I said they actually enjoy them more because mm. they're they're less sort of all enveloping, and you can actually get on with your day a bit more afterwards. And they're still doing the, the work, but it's a little less time consuming, and it's a lot easier to fit into your day. So, well, yeah, because you got you you don't have the travel aspect. Yeah. So don't yeah. write off Zoom sessions. Is no. kind of what I'm saying. Like it no. could still work. Definitely. Um, and it, again, it depends on what you're presenting with. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what systems do they have to keep your data confidential? Data protection is huge. At this point, can we just say that um, all therapists, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but all therapists have a duty of confidentiality, and that means that they aren't allowed to discuss any aspect of your therapy or anything you tell them with anybody else unless it's a danger to somebody else's life or you've committed a crime if you might be subpoenaed or you committed a crime yeah so anything you say to them unless they've committed a really serious crime it's just going to stay between you yeah. you're not going to speak to any of your colleagues about it nope. like i'm not going to hear anything that you've said to any of your clients it really is a, a very safe space to mm. to say things because it's illegal for the person you're speaking to to tell anyone it's like end of their career kind of illegal like it's oh, really yeah. serious um and that's important to get across isn't it that it is confidential the um the only other person that you might speak to um we have to have supervision every month mm -hmm. but what we try to do is use a different name yeah so the confidentiality is still there but we're making sure that you're doing your job as well and someone yeah. else is checking your work which is valuable or it might just be a coded a code of some sort right um do they have a useful website for you to look at? That's quite good. Mm -hmm. Do they carry out a review of their clients? And if so, when is this routinely done? So we talked about that a little bit last time, didn't we? Yeah. I think so. Briefly, we just said but about... But we just... Yeah, we just back. briefly said that like it's, it's quite right sometimes to say to your therapist, I'd rather review every five weeks, four weeks, and just take a pause and for the first 10 minutes of the session just look over what we've done and look where we're going and make sure we're still steering the ship in the right direction because yeah. it's really easy to go off as course. a client to waffle on and actually be targeting things that just don't really matter and the therapist isn't always going to stop you because they're there to listen to you ultimately and also if they're person-centered they um they would let you lead yeah because that's part of the orientation mm. is to let you lead for sure so if you want to go not that way but that way they would just follow you mm. whereas somebody else might say to you um particularly cbt well we're at they try and pull you back and they'd say well actually we were going to go down this route today yeah you're still okay with that but but having those review periods and and mm. asking who you're going to be seeing for therapy just confront them about it say not in a nasty way but are, are you okay with every few weeks just making sure we book yeah. this in yeah definitely roadmaps yeah important aren't they 
you having that making sure that you know where the therapist wants to take you so almost so you can prepare for the sessions but so you're yeah. you, you're aware of what is happening to yeah. you like what direction they want to take it in yeah you're in the driver's seat and sometimes um you might be aware that the following session you're going to be covering a very difficult subject matter and so you have to build into that what day shall i have that session because mm. i'm i've got an important job on the next day and i might not have the brain power yeah it really can be debilitating if you're tackling certain issues so you've collated all your research on the therapist take time to absorb it um so as you phone each um therapist this sounds terrible this does but this is what i would do mark down out of 10 how helpful they were and if you could work with them yeah yeah i mean the title of this episode is therapy shopping really really do shop around and that was your t- idea that title and i thought yeah that fits the bill perfectly because i the first time just went with the first person well that wasn't really your fault or my fault because i knew who i wanted you to go with but they weren't available and this was she'd become a little she's become quite famous mm. and one of her tv programs had just mm. been on um so it was impossible to get you in there but they didn't come back to me and tell me that yeah they just put you with this other person yeah for sure without asking me but but even the second i didn't <laughs> shop around per se i didn't call multiple people because it's you almost feel embarrassed too it's really it's quite a strange relationship to have with a person but it, but i should have done that for you well, yeah, but I mean, people on this podcast, you can't do it for everyone, can you? No. Uh, but, but, um, but do not, don't feel embarrassed to call someone and be like, well, do you want to book an assessment? And not just yet. I'm going to call a few other people and just see who I think is best for me. I'm just going to do some research first, but then I'll call you back and let's book it in. Don't do it the first time because an assessment session can be very expensive and mm. you want to make sure that you get the phone interviews mm. <laughs> out the way first and yeah. make sure that you're getting someone that you really do feel comfortable yeah. with. And I, I genuinely do say to people, you know, why don't you sort of, I don't say shop around, but why don't you phone a few people and see how they respond to yeah. your presenting problem and then you'll you'll feel better about who you choose. Yeah. So I say that to them. Mm-hmm. The last thing to consider, which is such a big deal for so many people when you speak about this, is like therapy is really expensive. Mm-hmm. Even if you're going to see... You know, if you're going to go to basic therapy, it's going to start, you know, 30, 40, 50 pound an hour. And, you know, all the way, as you said, psychiatrists up to 180, 200 pound an hour and and more. Mm -hmm. So affordability is a huge thing when you're speaking to these prospective therapists. Mm. Um, Is the like, does the does the cost like relate with the ability necessarily? Yeah. With the qualifications. So you charge more as you. I'm more qualified. Well, yeah, I mean, um, how long is it? 21 years, 20 years ago, I was starting off. So I worked for a charity um, and I worked for nothing for two years. Mm. But I was training and then I charged £10 an hour because the service was in quite um, a poor area, really. Um, I think it started off at five and then ten. And then you just build up and build up with your experience and you feel you've got so much experience. So, for example, what you do 20 years after 
um, with a therapy. You couldn't have done that quickly. Same as any job, same as any skill. So although it's more expensive, and I think this hopefully will explain why it's so expensive, is because technically it should be quicker. Yeah, generally. Generally, generally. it's not going to always be the case, but generally you shouldn't be in therapy for a very long time. It should be like, let's get this sorted out and then Mm -hmm. on your way. So you could pay for a cheaper version, but it might take twice as long. And also, you might not need to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Bear that in mind as well. Mm -hmm. You might be paying £150 an hour and you don't need to be. You're seeing someone who's far overqualified for what you need need to be resolved. Exactly. Um, also, I think I mentioned in another episode, but if you really, truly can't afford the rate that the therapist that you've shortlisted and chosen is asking for, and that you're like, this is the perfect person, but I really can't afford that, have the conversation and just say, I think this is a really good fit for me, but I just can't push to that. And see if there is any flex. A lot of people will, end. will do that. And also, I'm not sure if you mentioned it before, but um, Bupa... If you've got some health insurance, um, AXA, Aviva. You, but usually you'll see, have an assessment and then they will prescribe you a set number of sessions, six for some issues. I have a friend who literally just said, I'm feeling sad, and they gave him 35 sessions. 35. 35, and he's, he's chuffed. <laughs> he's, he's seen someone for a long time for this because mm. he said it was work-related, and so they... Mm. They oh, sorted right, it out okay. for him, which That's is really good. good. Yeah. And the NHS generally will start off with six sessions, but if it doesn't work out in that time, then it can be extended. So there are free options or mm. options on insurance too to look into. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thanks so much for listening this week. Yeah. If you don't follow us on Instagram, it's at on the sofa pod. I'm getting there. You are. It is, isn't it? It is that. Yeah. And we're also on YouTube, so this is going to be on YouTube if you want to watch us there. It's quite decadent to, to see. And um, we're going to do a few YouTube videos where I interview mum. Uh, interview mum. We watch Bojack Horseman, which is a TV show about a very depressed horse. It does it in a very nice way, so mum hasn't seen it. And no. We're going to see what she thinks of it. Uh, anyway, next week we're going to be talking about what can I do right now? And like ways to help manage your symptoms until you do get into that first appointment yeah okay see you next week bye